0: Welcome to the C3 Calgary Podcast. Thanks for joining us today for an inspiring message from our West location. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message! How's everybody doing? Welcome to church. You alright over there? Over there? A little bit you. Yeah, please. yep, yeah, please. yep. Yeah. it's great. I'm going to. Uh, I'm just going to tell you what happened to me this morning. At just after five o'clock, I woke up, and I said to myself, "I can't wait till my afternoon nap." <laughs> so when you when you when you wake up tired, that's not a good thing. <clears throat> uh, the second thing that uh, happened right after that is I saw people standing up in church, yelling, "I'm healed! I'm healed! I'm healed! I'm healed! I'm healed!" <laughs> This is what will happen this morning. People will be just healed. Um, um, I I do feel quite tired, uh, which shouldn't, shouldn't. um, It doesn't doesn't take away from what the Lord wants to do. He's actually stronger when we're weakest, so it's all right. Uh, I just need to yield myself to that. I'd like to feel stronger, but I'm going to be busy for the next couple weeks, so I'll have a great rest this afternoon. But this morning, God wants to heal people. And uh, if you have any disease disorder dysfunction of any kind, um, the Lord is present and, and he will heal. And um, and, and part of, um, you know, I'm talking about relationships and one of the, one of the, some of the most deepest pain is relational pain. That's some of the most hurtful. And uh, last week I talked to you about the power of, and I think it's one of the reasons many people are not, are, are physically sick too, is because of unforgiveness. They carry unforgiveness in their heart. Probably another reason would be the unseen killer of stress that people carry stress in their bodies and then and then your body actually um, is trying has to try to figure out what to do because it seeks equilibrium and it when when it's your brain's telling your body something, your body will actually react and so I want to talk about that today in, in, in some ways. I personally believe um, that the Bible is completely accurate in every way and every Probably every positive emotion or experience that you've received is because of love, and every negative experience likely because of fear. And you could probably even define fear as being the absence of faith. And I think that what we were talking about just a moment ago, um, what Brittany was praying praying about, is when faith and fear collide. And and you shouldn't be surprised that fear is in your life. You should uh, be aware. If it's the dominant reason you're making that specific choice, is it based on fear or faith? And so fear is um, a fairly normal part of the fallen nature, but it does not need to rule in our hearts in Jesus' name. Um, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other as Christ in God forgave you. This this is our uh, last week's basic message around um, relationships and the, the power of forgiveness. Learning to learning to break judgments, expectations, bitter roots. Learn to uh, discern the what's taking place um, between uh, you and another person. I think that God's truth is is, is basically un, uh, un, un, It's untrue until tested in the context of relation, your relationships. It, it if it's other than that, it's simply something interesting. But until it translates into our relationships, and, and because God wants a great life for you, it's impossible to have a great life without having great relationships. And so I want to talk about that a little bit more, how that, uh, uh, that judgments, basically judgment is presuming motive. Um, when you presume someone's motive, why they did what they did, uh, other, the, the way we assess relationships is what we see and hear. Anything outside of that is judgments, because we don't know why people do what they do or why they said what they said. But well, we have to just go on, on, on basically on, on what we see and what we hear. So, so what happens when we judge another is that a judgment will blind us and then it will bind us. So we can judge others and the Bible says that because of doing that, we ourselves are judged. God, it's not God judging us, but it's other people will judge us. We're sowing and we're reaping is what's happening. Um, we can also judge God and that blinds us to his characters when I judge God, I presume to know why he did what he did or why he didn't do what he did. That's judging God. And I think one of the most, but the most powerful thing is when we judge ourselves. And that's how we're going to wrap up today in, uh, in dealing with personal judgments. Um, um, I wanted, um, wanted us to take our, our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 6, which I think have probably, there's probably, in these 8 or 10 verses, there's probably about 30 relational secrets of Jesus, and he was the relational master. Everybody wanted to be with Jesus, and uh, he would often surprise people by, by, by doing different things. He would j- rattle people's paradigms, um, but here he's given us some relational advice, and, um, and, for, and for us, the, the point I want to make, the first point I want to make is that relationships are mirrors for us, is that when we're in a relationship, it actually gives us some context of, of a truth or not. Um, I'll try to explain that a little bit better, but but they, th- that when I'm in a relationship with someone, it actually is typically to reveal something of myself rather than me reveal something to them, which is the further on in chapter six, it talks about focusing on somebody's fault, that, that, that speck of uh, the person blinds us to seeing the rest of that person. So we only see a very small portion of who they are. And being able to see another the way Christ sees them is actually a, a great skill that we need to learn and, um, and we need to practice. <clears throat> I smile because I'm feeling the presence of God. I was very, very feeling really weak. I'm now feeling incredibly good. I feel good. But... Oh, uh, Luke chapter six, let's get into this. And then I want to minister this word to us. Um, uh, so talking about, how that our relationships are mirrors and how we need to be aware of how our words and actions and opinions affect other people. Um, it's it, that, that we are, it's not just how people reflect us, but then what is our response or our reaction to another? So Jesus gives us some incredible insight into relationships, but he asks us first, are we willing to listen, verse 27? Um, but, but to you who are willing to listen, so if you're willing to listen, he's got something to say. Anybody willing to listen? Hello. Let's be willing to listen. And so he says this. He says, love your enemies. <clears throat> Do good to those that hate you. Pray for the happiness of those who curse you. What, a, what a clues in dealing with difficult relationships? You don't need to have any enemies. Because if you're loving your enemies, no longer your enemy. Um, Pray for those who hurt you. There's the there's, there's clue to relational pain. When somebody hurts you, pray for them. Yeah, Pastor, but you know what they did to me. I don't care what they did to you. Him just, I'm sorry what they did to you. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> but pray for those that hurt you. And we're all going to get hurts and bumps. And, and then he says this, if somebody slaps you on one cheek, he's referring to our face cheeks, I'm, I'm, I think. Uh, <laughs> if somebody slaps you on the cheek, <clears throat> turn the other cheek. After, you both, you all got two cheeks at least. Let let me move along. I'm just, I'm talking about the, if any, if if somebody demands your coat, that sounds rude. Someone makes a demand of you. But he said, that's okay. Give me your shirt as well. This is how you deal with unrealistic and demanding people. You get, you just be free, right? Otherwise, what you'll do is you'll react, right? This is what he's, he's saying, be careful because your reactions of people will keep you from dealing with your stuff, And you're stuck with your stuff if you don't deal with your stuff. Our lives become limited by those things that we never get past. And relationships cause us to see things that paradigms and and situations that we're stuck in. Give what you have to anybody who asks for it. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. He's referring to our desire to retaliate. Uh, Do for others as you'd like them to do to you. Simple extremely difficult. I'll get you shouting. It's all right. Do to others you have them do to you. How would you like to be treated? It's kind of that simple, but sort of that hard. I want to be treated with incredible grace. That's hard for me to deal with others' grace, but I'd like to be treated that way. Well, he says, "How way you like to be treated, here's a clue, treat others the same way. What, a, what, a, what an insight into human behavior. <clears throat> do you think you deserve credit merely for loving those that love you? Even sinners do that. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, is that so wonderful. Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who are going to repay you, he's, he's saying, give to bad credit risks. I mean, that doesn't sound, but, uh, but otherwise what we'll do is we'll, we'll create a boundary between us and another person. He said, let it go. Sing along. Let it go. And. And, and if you lend money only to those that can repay you, what good is that? Even sinners do that uh, <clears throat> on their own. Uh, love your enemies, he repeats this. Do good to them, lend to them. Don't be concerned that they may not repay you. He said, what happens when we start keeping track of stuff? <clears throat> I'm going to lay hands on people a minute. <sighs> Sorry, I won't, I won't. I'm not just kind of falling apart here. Come on. Back to the point. Lend to the, don't, do good. Lend. Don't be concerned that they won't repay. Uh, then your reward from heaven, not in heaven, from heaven will be very great and you'll truly be acting like children of the most high. He says, he says you're going to be most like me when you act like this. Why? Because this is what he's most like. The one, the one that we, that, that gives to us doesn't, Wait, long, wait until we give back proportionally to him. Do you hear what I'm saying? He's saying, this is how you're gonna act, be most like me when, when you do this. <clears throat> that, does it any surprise you that God loves his enemies? You better be dang grateful for that. Dang, I said, we're grateful that he loves us when we are not that lovable. <laughs> he gives to us even when we're bad credit risks. So you hear what I'm, he's saying this is what he is like. And then he explains what he is like. Um, he says, because uh, for he is kind to the unthankful. Are you kind to unthankful people? I'm unthankful for unthankful people largely. He says, be kind to unthankful people and, and also be kind to those who are wicked. I'm just throwing out a relational challenge this morning. Uh, the, the first point is kind of boring, second point, is, but the third one, you wait till I get the third one. You must be compassionate just as your father, capital F, is compassionate. What's God like? Kind and compassionate. Aren't we, aren't we thankful we serve a kind, compassionate God? And then he says, stop judging others and you won't be judged. Stop criticizing others or it'll come back to you. Why, why, should, why should we not criticize people? Here's a, here's a clue, we don't like being criticized. But we can learn from criticism, which will be my point. It's only a fool that can't learn from criticism. We need feedback from other people in order for us to develop, Are you, am I? Otherwise, we stay stuck in our stuff. But we don't wanna stay stuck in our stuff, we wanna get past our stuff. So we need feedback from people. Therefore, we have to be vulnerable. Therefore, we have to be teachable. Therefore, we have to be open. Therefore, we have to be in relationship with other people that see us in a different way than we see ourselves. Because we all, we all have blind spots, and the nature of blind spots is we're unable to see them. It's the nature of deception. You don't know when you're deceived. You need others to help you. Oh, Lord. Stop criticizing us. If you forgive others, you will be forgiven by others. You're already forgiven in Christ. Do you, do you like to be forgiven when you do dumb things? hmm So he says, then forgive others. This, this is, these are relational secrets. If you give, you will receive. I prefer to just receive. Uh-huh, well, that's not going to work. If you want to receive, you have to give. And I think they go together like this, is you're actually not able to, you're not able to receive what you're not willing to give. Just work it out. Uh, let me get to the next point. Uh, if you give, you will receive, and your gift will return to you in full measure, going to back it, at least what you gave, pressed down, shaken together to make more room for you, and even running over whatever measure you use, large or small, it'll be used to measure back to you. Stunning relational advice. <laughs> so clear and so hard to function. Um, he, he, my, my, my point here is simply that everybody, every person, every relationship is a teacher, and we learn from every relationship we're in. If we're teachable, every day school. Don't forget to show up at school every day. You learn. Every 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 person you can leave, learn from. Even 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 like unreasonable, difficult, crazy people like most are. But that's okay. Because we're learning from them. And the least you learn is not you don't want to be like them, that's the learning. Okay. Uh, Proverbs 15, verse 31 says, listen to criticism and behave wise and grow in understanding. Our ability to receive criticism and feedback, like not just from anybody, not just but but from people. We need to be able to be able to take something that someone's could mean harm towards us and your, your, and whatever. And you can say, if I'm teachable, I can say, okay, Lord, where was the truth in that that I need to calibrate my life to? But typically, we become defensive and we try to defend ourselves and prove that we're right and they're wrong. If it's all about being right or wrong, then somebody's got to win. But you know, being a Christian is not about being right. Being a follower of Christ is, is, is understanding and accepting that he's right. His rightness is, is more is, is the thing not your rightness so 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 learning to listen to criticism when i learn to listen to criticism i can i can learn i can allow god to be my redeemer and in and as he's redeeming a difficult situation i can come find my hiding place in him and he can be my refuge i don't need to defend he can be my defender when you learn that he's your refuge and he's your defender and he's your high tower, he, you can just be still and learn and let him fight for you in any relationship. Um, so so your, your, your life is your choice. And, and, le- and learning from the instruction of other people is a skill and a qu- of, of life that we all need to learn because we really only learn... One way, by experience. It's either your experience or others' experience. And if you don't want to learn by your own experience, then listen learn to listen to others. And what did they learn? A fool can't learn by instruction, the Bible says. They have to learn by either correction or a circumstance. And if they can't learn from either of those, then it says that they are, will end up in destruction. So here's what happens when we get into a relationship. We're in school. And that relationship is teaching us something. Yesterday we, talked about, we were talking about marriage. Uh, it's a distraction right now. Learn to learn, to learn from other people. Let, let them instruct you rather than try to defend yourself because you don't need to be right. Being right or is completely overrated. I did think for a long time Christianity was about being right or, or being wrong, at which case you actually can't grow. My role as a pastor is not to get you to do right stuff. That's not my role. My role probably could be better defined as getting you to own your own life and acknowledge when, you've, when you're wrong so that you can grow rather than stay in your current stuck state. Okay. Um, this is going way better than the first service. Amen. That's right. That's good. The guys came to this one. <laughs> okay. So learning, learning how, pardon me, help me, Lord. Learning, how, how we function in a relationship is such a critical skill to learn. And one of the basics of neuro linguistics is that the meaning of any communication is response it elicits or the impact it has on another, regardless of, of the intent of the communicator. So, so what you say and the impact that has on another person is the point of communication. In, a, in other words, what we say doesn't mean what it means to me. It means what it means to you. And so we can say stuff that we think we know what it means, but we're not sure what exactly what they said. Do you hear what they were saying? So understanding and getting understanding, getting clarity and understanding is a basic tenet of communication. And this is how we learn from other, from other people. Point number two, uh, have the courage to confess. James chapter 5 is, uh, you know, if anybody's happy, then let them praise the Lord. <laughs> he says, if you're in a good mood, then show it. Uh, talk about it. Um, the, the, the issue here is in learning to confess um, is that we have to be vulnerable to confess. And v- vulnerability for most humans is terrifying. Uh, because we like to look strong, feel strong, be strong, Whatever. And showing vulnerability and showing weakness, uh, which even is perceived as weakness, but being vulnerable is actually a strength. But we perceive it as a weakness. Joanne said that excellent yesterday, by the way. Um, so, so in order for me to, to confess my faults to another, and, and this is where I was getting to in James. It says that when you confess your faults one to another, or if you are, are courageous enough to share your weakness with another person, you'll actually find healing. Somehow unconfessed things get bottled up in our heart and then they create different narratives that end up surfacing in physical defects in our bodies Uh, because words are energies and energy gets stored and trapped in different places in our bodies. Um, So he says that, if anybody's suffering, they should pray about it. If anybody's thankful, they should praise the Lord, sing songs. If there's any sick, <clears throat> excuse me, they should call on the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. I love that. In the name of the Lord. Bible says that those who know your name will trust in you. Do you know who he is? Do you know him as healer? Do you know him as redeemer? Do you know him as restorer? And it says that their prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. This is what we're going to do in just a moment. And the Lord will make them well. Who makes them well? The Lord makes them well. We do do our part, he does his part. We anoint with oil, we lay hands on the sick, but it's the Lord that heals. Let's get that clear. And then it says, and anybody who's committed any sins, they'll be forgiven. You can leave here today knowing, knowing that you're forgiven. This is the best part of my next point. I'm coming to it. Verse 16, confess your sins one to another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. It's a terrifying thing. Paul said that I find actually great strength in my weakness." In 1, 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 30, he says, "I actually have learned to boast in my weakness. When you're able to share your faults or your weaknesses with another person, they can no longer use them against you. As long as you're hiding from them, and now they point them out, now you get defensive about them. Does anybody ever have that experience? You all have. Because we, 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 we don't like feeling weak and we don't like feeling de- defenseless. And so what do we do? We lash back. Jesus said, when someone does something to you, here's what you do. Don't, give them another cheek. You got four, I guess. I'm just going there. You guys have already been there. <laughs> okay. So he says, I boast or I'm willing to admit my faults. I'm willing to admit my weaknesses. And that is a secret to strength. I have the greatest admiration for someone who's able to share with me uh, a challenge, a difficulty, a default. I I'm, I'm, have unbelievable grace for these people if they're willing to share a weakness. It's such a, it's a, it just dro- drops the drawbridge of grace and allows you to walk across into their heart. It's incredibly endearing. I find many times that people would rather change another person or change their circumstances rather than be willing to change themselves. I'm offering you a relational secret. Learn to confess your faults or your sins or your dysfunctions one to another that you might be healed. Otherwise, you keep them inside, make stories up, and you get stuck with your stuff. Okay. Um, Confess your faults uh, to each other and be healed. By the way, just don't say everything to everybody. Can't just throw that little caveat in there. You just don't. There's certain Uber drivers you don't want to tell everything about. There's so, certain crazy ants you don't want to tell people, your, all your stuff, but, but there's certain people who have demonstrated genuine love to you that you know is in your world and in your corner, and you should be, when you recognize or find those people, you need to be willing to confess to those people and share with those people. A little caveat, I missed that uh, earlier on. Are you aware of how your language and your words and your body language affects other people and how it makes them feel? And... Um, and that's a, a skill that we need to learn. Last point, and likely the most um, meaningful. Um, I'm just joking, because I, because I, cause I, I, just, I know where I know where I'm going now. I didn't know earlier. I know where I'm going. Last point: judging yourselves. Don't judge others, or it comes back. Don't judge God. Don't don't judge yourself. We're not we're not actually as in as in as inept. We're actually not as capable as identifying when we judge ourselves because all of this is in, inner dialogue. If, it were, if we're out of dialogue, I mean, some of you probably do talk to yourselves. I'm, I'm amazed, I, love, I watch people in cars. You ever notice people in cars? How they talk to themselves a lot, like a lot. I kinda wanna beat my horn and go. I wanna answer sort of, you know, I just feel that sometimes. Little, little horns pop up, I shouldn't do that, but I just, think, I just think about doing that. I never do it, of course. Um, so here, here's, this, here's something I need you to listen to with your, with your heart. And I need you to set aside any legalistic glasses or paradigms that you might have. I need you to kind of drop a little bit, perhaps even of some previous religious training and allow me to share with you a passage of scripture that could really, really help you if you're willing to receive it. Like Jesus said, if you're willing to listen. Some of the worst damage is done to our hearts when we commit emotional suicide to ourselves. This is, this is, this is when we judge ourselves. Uh, when we judge ourselves, self-judgment is the same with condemnation. And, and Paul makes an incredibly profound uh, treatise on when we have the Lord's Supper in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And, and I read this um, and I used to hear it because I grew up in a church that, that wanted you to be afraid of God, not in awe of God. And it's kind of you end up in that, you know, step in a crack, break your mother's back, kind of, am I going to be okay? It, it actually doesn't release freedom. It, 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 it restricts and confines us and puts us in captivity. And so he, he's making a, a very profound Statement here, and he reminds us that what takes place on the inside of us, and when we and when we when we don't rightly discern what Christ has done for us, he says, and this is the this is one of honestly the most striking passage in, in terms of healing and health and wholeness in Scripture, where he says, uh, and when you if you do this the wrong way, this is the reason that many are weak and sick and even are dead among you. Now just listen to me. Help me, Holy Spirit, to just keep this contained. Now, um, a guilty heart tells itself it needs to be punished. If, if, if you're if you if you this is self judgment condemnation. If you if you believe you've done something really wrong, your body will begin to act that out, and it will begin to punish itself. Uh, and so, so what he says here is that when you come together, what I want you to do is I want you to receive the Lord's Supper. It's gonna be the breaking of bread and the drinking of wine. And he says, when you do this properly, you're able to see and acknowledge what the body and the blood of Christ has rightly done for you, not what you have not done for him. This is, this, this is, this is honestly the, such a religious stronghold in people's lives. I used to have great fear about re- taking communion because I thought if I take it the wrong way, I'm gonna die. He's not, say, he's not saying that all of you have had bread and wine before and you've been all right. Look at you. And some of you don't want to acknowledge that, but I'm just, you've, but what, here's what he's saying. He says when, because the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and broke and he said, this is my body that's broken for you. Listen, you cannot add to the broken body of Christ by any of your personal brokenness. What's been done on the cross, what's done for you is not will Christ heal you. The point is he has healed you. There's nothing that can wash a guilty conscience away like the blood of Jesus, nothing. So he says, when you come to receive, the, take the emblems, he says, you look, for how you are approved. Look how you are validated. Look how you've been completely cleansed of all sin, all ungodliness, all stupidity, all dysfunction and all disease. When you look at what he carried in his body at the cross, he said, if you don't identify that properly, there'll be some who are weak and sick and even die among you. It's frightening to think that we could think, that we could in our heads say, oh, we're not worthy. Oh, we're not good enough. Frightening to think that we could put Christ back on the cross again and say, ah, the work wasn't complete. It's frightening to think that we have the le- that level of arrogance in our life to say, ah, yeah, you say I'm complete in you, but I think I need to do a little more. I think I need to try a little harder. I think I need to add a little something to what you've already done. He says, no, when you have, when you, and you, listen, you can do this at Earl's. Bread, wine. Jesus, thank you for what you've done. Today, I am whole in Christ. Today, I am forgiven in Christ. Every day can be a victory. Do you hear what I'm saying? Every, you don't, and you don't need to do this in, in, in fear. You do it in great joy. He says, when you come, when you, and the word examine yourself means to look for Approval. You're not looking for faults in your life. You're looking for how you are approved in Christ. You're looking for a daily, moment-by-moment acknowledgement for what Jesus did for you on the cross is a complete, finished deal, and we're told that it's sealed. What's he like? He's kind. He's compassionate. And if you know him, you will be healed and whole and walk forgiven and walk free because of what he has done, not what you can do. This is a big deal. It's so a really big deal. Read that again this afternoon and see what it says. Every time, it's every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing what he has done for you. Every time you do it, you're reminded of how approved and how accepted and how whole and how loved you are. But you might say, well, Pastor, but you don't know my thought life is life, I don't care. Neither does he care. What he cares about is you rightly appropriate the blood and the body of Jesus in your thinking, not judging yourself not good enough, but acknowledging that you're good enough in Christ. That's the gospel. That's really good news. You can't add to what he's done. Now, what happens in self-judgment and condemnation is when there's contempt in our hearts, it limits my ability to love others. The the, the way that you see yourself and the way you treat yourself is actually a reflection on your ability to be able to love and care for others. Why is this important? That's the reason it's important. Many times emotional pain can turn into physical pain. When we do something that we believe deserves punishment, our body will respond by proving that guilt needs to be punished. In your mind, in your heart, you know that something bad needs to be punished. You know that. That's coded into us. You do, that we deserve a certain thing because we did a certain thing. Here, here's what happens. Your, it says that your conscience condemns you when Christ washes you, and if we're not careful, we'll begin to say, "I don't deserve that healing. I don't deserve that provision." I don't, and we start using all of the narratives and we go over all the reasons why we shouldn't be healed. And your body then stays in a form, in a place of unhealedness and stuck with forms of emotional pain, and, and we live below what Christ has purchased for us on the cross. Um, I'm going to pray for people in just a moment, and, and, and people will be touched by the power of God. When I reflect, so when I, when I, even when I think about this, and, and, and I know you can read uh, through the book of Acts with religious glasses on, and you, could, you think that God killed Ananias and Sapphira, my Bible says that he, they gave up the ghost, because they believed what they did was so wrong, their, their heart shut down. This is, this is such a profound thought. But if we're not careful, we'll start to think, oh, you know, we're not good enough for what Christ is done. Oh, we're not qualified enough. Oh, we're not approved enough. Listen, you can never be good enough or approved enough. That's why we don't get what we deserve. We get what Jesus deserved. This is, a, this is such a profound thing. In just a moment, we're going to pray. I'm going to have some elders, which is not a certain age group, just the prayer team. They're going to anoint you with oil. If you read through the stories and all the parables of Jesus, you'll find that somebody, they had to do something that woman had that issue of blood. She had to get up and she had to go touch the hem of his garment. Guy with a shriveled hand, he says, he stretched out his hand. In order for you to receive something for the Lord, there's typically something you can do. But the thing that I'm trying to say to you, it's not what you do that matters. It's what he did that matters. And when you believe what he did that matters, you'll respond in good faith and belief. That's what I'm saying. So, so we, um, I, I think I've said what I need to say and uh, I worked up a bit of a sweat but I'm not done cuz we're going to break off strongholds of disease and disorder dysfunction in your life this morning if you if you if, if you're ready and then we're going to break through with praises when I seen people uh, you know this morning I'm waking up and I'm trying to like to go back to sleep but I just kept <laughs> I just kept people seeing people jumping up and saying I'm healed I wow, you mean like, like just like that? Yeah, just like that. And, and, and what I believe can happen when we get our belief systems reordered and we can deal with the self-condemnation and the self-doubt and the deal with the deservedness issue and the, well, I know what he did for others. No, Apply it to yourself. What did he do for you? Yeah, but pastor, you don't know my past. I don't care about your past. It can't be any worse than mine. None of that matters All that is just mental gymnastics Trying to talk yourself out of the goodness of God He's good, he's kind, he's compassionate And he's here today to heal, deliver and restore Mind, emotion, body But you're going to need to do something for it I'm going to need to know who you are And then I'm going to get our prayer team to anoint you with oil And I've been coughing on my hands So I'm not going to lay my hands on you but I'm going to believe God to touch you because honestly, I believe at five o'clock this morning, he'd already touched you and you thought in your heart, do I have to live with this diagnosis for the rest of my life? And you've been calling your disease yours. Stop it. Don't say my arthritis. No longer say that. Jesus bore in his body every arthritic pain and problem, every inflammation of the joint, every inflammation of the body, he bore in his body. You've got to be able to see that he's not wigged out by the coronavirus you got to see that he bore in his body every form of cancer. you got to see it. And you got to believe it's not because of... <laughs> just getting frantic. Because some of you are talking yourself out of freedom. In your head, you just kind of keep going over this. No, I don't it's over it, I didn't. I All of that stuff, just stop that, please. Stop the chatter. Listen to the revealed word of the Lord for you today. By his stripes, you are healed. You need to hear that in your heart. It's just such an urgency today. I don't know why it is, but I just feel so convicted, so deeply moved that some of you have just been talking yourselves out of not being good enough and not being strong enough and not being worthy enough and all that enough, enough, enough. And I just say to all those that don't think they're enough, enough, that's enough. No more chatter. It's enough. I don't know what, you, what, you, what, what someone said about you or what you even say about yourself, but I'm asking today, could you drop those labels and accept what the body and the blood of Jesus has done for you to be enough for every disorder, every disability, every disease, and every dysfunction? Could you agree with me that no bacteria, no virus is higher than the name of Jesus? If you could. God can touch you today and you can be liberated from bondage and brokenness if you're willing to stand up. So I'm gonna ask anybody who wants healing today to stand up, stand up, stand up. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.